Hello and welcome to Mining Stock Daily with me, Paul Harris. Today, we're talking about silver in Latin America. And for that, I'm joined by Dan Dixon, CEO of Endeavor Silver. Good morning, Dan. Morning, Paul. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. Now, Endeavor produced uh, about 8.3 million ounces of silver equivalent last year. Um, How was last year for you? Was, Was that a good year? Were you satisfied with that? Yeah, we were very satisfied. I mean, at the end of the day, whenever you can revise your guidance upwards and then ultimately beat that revised guidance even, uh, I think it's a very good standard for the company and ultimately uh, speaks to kind of our operations team and how well we were able to do last year. And we're facing a lot of headwinds with regards to inflation and costs and, and getting those ounces up helps. Uh, to kind of mitigate that cost and mute that impact on us. And for us, our Guana Civil Mine operation, which we've been at 15 years, had a phenomenal year. The grades were higher than expected uh, and ultimately led to that us beating guidance. Um, but <clears throat> we expect, again, Guana Civil to have another good year here in 2022. Okay, thank you. Um, but your guidance is a little bit lower this year, isn't it? Uh, so around, let's say, 7 million ounces uh, silver equivalent. Yeah, the midpoint of our guidance is 7.3 million silver equivalent. Uh, it's coming from Guanacaste and Bolognese. In, in 2021, we did have our small operation called Compass that we put on to, uh, we suspended operations in August of last year. That produced about 400,000 silver equivalent ounces for us in 2021. So that comes off. Uh, and then ultimately, we just felt like um, our grades at Guanacaste were going to come off a little bit compared to 2021. We had some phenomenal grades last year, um, but then, nonetheless, uh, hopefully we can beat our midpoint and end up at the high end of our, our guidance range. And that would take us to about 7.6 million, uh, which would be pretty comparable to what we did in 2021 for Bolognitos and Guanacaste. Thank you. Now, um, Endeavor Silver has been in the news quite a bit so far this year for for, for deals and fundraising, so some really positive stuff. Um, You've just closed a 46 million US dollar bought deal uh, financing. Congratulations there. And uh, that raises mainly to pay the 35 million dollars to acquire the Petaria Petaria, um, Silver project in Durango in Mexico, which is um, where the heart of your operations are. Tell us a little bit about that. What you know, SSR Mining has held that asset for a number of years. What's the opportunity you see there? Yeah, I mean, just to touch on it, we have been in the news a lot lately, and you're right. I'm glad it's been positive that we've been in the news. Um, for Pitaria, it's going to be a kind of a phenomenal fit for us. And for those that aren't aware, in January, we cut the deal with SSR Mining, which used to be Silver Standard, which ultimately had a new management team. And when they merged with Alistair, in 2020 or 2021. And ultimately, Alistair is the new management team in SSR. They're focused on gold. They're in seven different jurisdictions. So they're trying to rationalize their portfolio. And ultimately, for them, Pitharia wasn't going to be core, had some ways to go. But for us, it fits perfectly. I mean, obviously, it's predominantly silver, which is what we look for first and foremost. It's in a favorable jurisdiction in the state of Durango, where we have our Guana asset, our exploration office and exploration team is an hour and a half away from Pitaria. And Pitaria itself uh, used to be a darling in the space. It's one of the largest undeveloped silver deposits in the world. Historical resources hover around 525 million ounces of silver plus the lead and zinc, um, which is basically, the silver is basically half that deposit when it comes to the revenue mix of metal. Um, so for us, it's a, it's, a, it's a crown jewel in the space and now it's in our portfolio. And 
What's most attractive about Pizzeria is its optionality and its leverage to silver price, but also how it fits with us. And like I say, it's in Mexico, it's near our team, but ultimately our focus right now is on the development of the Terranera project, which is in the state of Jalisco, completely transform our company, effectively double our production, cut our cost profile in half. And as we develop that, we expect that to be completed in the first half of 2024. But Pitteria itself, with the work we have to do over the next couple of years, could slot in very nicely uh, with Terranera and ultimately help us achieve what our goal is to become a senior silver producer um, with some of the, the best assets in the space. Um, so we're absolutely excited about Pitteria. We expect to close the deal in May. And as you touched on, um, it's a $70 million purchase, $35 million in cash, $35 million in Endeavor shares. So we announced the bought deal uh, for $46 million this morning. Ultimately, that will cover the cash portion of the Pizzeria acquisition. Uh, we didn't want to eat into our balance sheet because a lot of our capital that's in place is there for the initial capex of Terranera, which will take place, like I say, over the next two years. Okay, thank you, Dan. Now, if, if I remember correctly, SSR, um, they put a sort of $20 silver price on being the sort of the minimum for them to potentially develop Pitaria. Um, obviously, we're above that now. And, and you mentioned you're, you're very proximal to your own Guana Civi operation. Do you see a lot of potential for synergies between the, the two assets? Uh, no, to be honest, there won't be a lot of synergies between Guana Civi other than the administration aspect of things. But um, What's attractive for us for Pizzeria, and it wasn't necessarily, I don't know particularly what SSR, what their minimum was, but back in the history of Pizzeria, it was discovered in 2002 by Silver Standard at the time called Silver Standard, changed their name to SSR as they focused more on gold. Uh, 2002, they made that discovery. In 2009, at $11 silver, they released a, a pre-feasibility study. So a study of a 3,000 or 4,000 ton per day uh, underground operation uh, that ultimately had a capex near $300 million. And from 2009 to 2012, you had that massive run up of silver. So silver went from $11 up to $48. And ultimately in 2012, uh, Silver Standard released a feasibility study using an open pit con concept and ultimately used $25 price silver in that concept. And it was very lucrative. It was like I say, a darling in the space, kind of one of the crown jewels for Silver Standard at the time, which is one of the primary silver producers or silver companies and, and plays in the market. And for us, we're gonna prove up that historic resource sitting there, 525 million ounces this year, and then probably look at it from an underground standpoint. So we do have an expertise in underground main vein mining. Uh, and we are gonna look at Pitaria as an underground vein mine, quite likely. Now, of course, we'll go through our studies, see what works, what makes most sense, see where silver uh, prices are, and obviously the lead and zinc prices at that time, and, and see how it works for us and what it'll end up being. But as far as synergies, other than the know-how and understanding that jurisdiction, understanding that state, ultimately not a huge amount of, uh, of, of synergies between those two assets. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, Pitaria makes a lot of sense in our portfolio. Okay, thank you. So the, the plan for this year, once you take possession of it, a lot of drilling um, and some studies, is that geared towards producing your own uh, sort of economic study or, or something of that nature towards the end of the year or early next year? Yeah, it'll be more into next year. So by the time we close, it's going to be May of 2022. And then we'll probably focus the next six months on uh, 
we have to a lot, a lot of work to make that historic resource current. So 20 holes, reviewing all the historical data, rebuilding the resource model, and ultimately publishing that. And I can see that taking us through 2022. And then ultimately, when that's completed, everything goes as, as we expect. Then we put that uh, feasibility or pre-feasibility study potentially on uh, on Pitharia, and that ultimately could take a year. So you're looking more like the end of 2023 before we'd have economics available on Pitharia, if everything goes well. Okay, and uh, technology's changed quite a bit since uh, SSR or Silver Standard back then did its studies. You, you know, we've got high-pressure grinding rolls, we've got high-intensity grinding now, things of that nature, which uh, have been well used in the silver sector. So um, I imagine you're potentially looking doing things differently to the, the plan that they had back then anyway. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, with underground vein mining, there's not been a huge change from a technological point as far as mining and mining methods and how we'll go about it. But from a processing standpoint, we'll look at every opportunity to be able to maximize recoveries and minimize costs as best we can. Uh, but ultimately, that'll be up to the engineers. And again, we'll have to kind of get to that stage with defining that resource, then ultimately going through that study. So we've had really good partners in the past from engineering. I think we have a very good team. We ask the right questions and we're always looking to kind of improve. And it's been a staple of endeavor of always continuous improvement. And I don't, I don't think that will change when it comes to kind of conceptualizing what Pythria could become for us. Okay. And one sort of final word on Pythria. Um, as I understand that the project's already got permits in place. Will those permits serve you or will you need to expand, change or otherwise um, do something else with those? Yeah, some permits will need to be extended. SSR brought Pithria along very nicely. I mean, they do have an adit that's 800 meters uh, from surface. There's about 400, 450 meters left to go to get into kind of the mantle. Uh, So they have an explosives permit. They have a, a change of soil permit with Thermia. Uh, a number of things, but as you go into production, there'll be more permits that will need to be required. But they've we've literally sitting on third base as opposed to standing at home plate when it comes to uh, permitting Pythria for sure. So the you know, very short timeline to production, assuming everything's economic and all the rest of it. Exactly, but you still have even at the end of 2023, then you're still looking at a build phase and however long or or, or large that project would be, that could dictate two to three years. So you are still looking at 2025, potentially 2026 before anything comes online. And again, that's completely conceptual uh, at this point in time. Okay, thank you. Now let's turn to Terranera. You mentioned it a moment ago, Dan. Um, The plan there is to produce 3.3 million ounces a year of uh, silver equivalent over 12 years. Uh, What is that, $175 million capex. Um, How is that advancing towards a construction decision? Yeah, so you're right. Terranera is kind of our next development asset. Uh, it's going to pair very nicely with Guanacaste and Bolognitos, which are more mature assets. Terranera, when it comes online, will be one of the lowest cost producing silver assets in the space. I mean, ultimately, it'd be a, in the lowest quartile when it comes to cash costs and in the lowest decile when it comes to all in sustaining costs over that 12 year mine life. We've had our MIAs in place. We effectively have a good portion of our permits to start construction. We're waiting on an EHA, which is an archeological approval at the state level. We do have people on site. We expect that to be imminent, uh, to have that in the coming weeks. Uh, so hopefully here in Q2, and then ultimately we are looking for debt financing uh, to be able to complete kind of the project level financing on Terranera. So our balance sheet at this time is in great shape. We just delivered our Q4 financials early March. We had $103 million in cash. Working capital is 120. 
plus we had uh, bullion that would be fair market value. So effectively, we've got about $135, $140 million of, of liquidity available to us with no long-term debt at this point. But we are working with banks for project loan financing, ultimately about $90 million, which would give us the necessary capital to construct Terranera. We want that up front, and then we'll have a board decision. So again, uh, working with banks, we've been doing this now for the past six months. We expect to see a commitment there in the next kind of four to six weeks, say. So again, here early Q2. And once we have both those in place, we'll have that formal construction decision from the board. Now, in the meantime, we've been working on detailed engineering uh, procurement. We do have mobile fleets that are sitting on site. Uh, we're doing everything we can to make sure we can hit the ground running when we have that formal construction decision from our board. Uh, in 2021, we spent almost $22 million at Terranera and Q1 will spend close to 11. With those budgets approved by the board, with them seeing the same thing that management sees, that uh, we're nearly there. It's just giving that formal construction decision on Terranera. And, and with that, it's a two-year build process with the expectation that hopefully we can be in production for H1 2024. Thank you. Now, as, as a sort of multi-asset producer, um, and you've already got a lot of the capital already, what sort of financial package or financial terms are you looking for? Long loan, short loan? Yeah, um, it, it ultimately with the project loan financing, we'll be looking somewhere in the order of six to eight years. Um, obviously, grace period for the construction period, which is two years. Uh, and then project loan financing is running LIBOR plus 4% to 5%. We'll be in that ballpark, hopefully on the lower end of it. Uh, but again, that's all get finalized, and and hopefully we can deliver that here in Q two. And uh, Terranera is you you alluded to this. It's going to be a cash cow for the company. You're all in sustaining costs, net of byproduct credits, well under five dollars an ounce. Yeah, I mean, even using the base case and the feasibility study that we published in in summer of 2021 all in sustaining costs of that 12-year mine life is $3.24. So that's using 15.75 gold. Gold, of course, being the byproduct at Terranera. At today's prices, you're looking at all in sustaining costs approaching zero, if not negative. So with gold at $1,900, um, all the gold pays for the capital, the sustaining capital over the life of the mine and the silver. Um, so it's the all in our sorry annual after tax cash flow at today's prices is approaching 60 million dollars us per year um so very lucrative game changer for the company is there a temptation to forward sell some or all of the gold production from that to um basically you know as you say no yeah we get that question often at this point in time which is where our balance sheet is where we expect silver and gold prices to go. We're not looking at that. I, I think with what we're seeing geopolitically and um, the gold prices could increase. Uh, so we're, we're keeping it uh, clean at that point, at this point, and, and we'll make those decisions if we ever have to, but I don't see it anytime in the near future. Okay. Thank you, Dan. Now the, the final thing I want to speak with you about today um, is the news that you're the investment you made in Max Resource, which for those that don't know, is a junior explorer in Colombia with a, a copper silver Cooper Schiefer style project in Cesar in, in northern Colombia. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Why has, uh, you know, what, what is Endeavor Silver doing with Max Resources? Why did you invest in the company? Yeah, ultimately, we love the geology. We love what they're working on. We like the idea of the silver. Um, it kind of came to us. Uh, my predecessor is still the executive chairman, Brad Cook. He's a geologist by trade. 
Um, it came across his desk in September of last year. He did a lot of work on it, what he sees and, and then what our corporate development team looked at and sees of the geologist there. And we like what Max is doing. We think they ha- they're on to something and ultimately we want to support them. And ultimately the deal that we cut, they announced it yesterday. It's small for us. We made a private placement into Max, $1.7 million Canadian uh, that's yet to close. So we've committed 1.7 million. Maybe it'll be closing this week for them. But ultimately, it gives us about 5% of the Max Resources Company that we can support them with. We're also going to support them with a cooperation agreement where they can point to our balance sheet and our financial capabilities for the government, for them to take on more uh, mineral title along that Cooper Schieffer. And ultimately, we're, our benefit is any new mineral properties that they, they gain, we get a royalty on. But ultimately, we want to be partners and help them kind of advance that project. And, whether it's us there or somebody else thereafter, I think we're going to get value out of that investment and ultimately benefits to our shareholders. And if there's something that makes sense from a silver standpoint, we'd be interested, Um, but they've got a lot of work to do. I think they're planning on drilling over the next year and uh, ultimately we'll watch that intently and, and, and hope for the best. Thank you. And um, I think it's worth highlighting that um, that potentially continues a trend in the company you, you, of looking outside Mexico. You've got property in Chile, you've got property in Nevada. Yeah, I think that's just the evolution of a company and the growth. Um, there is only so much silver assets in, there, in, in, in Mexico and then ultimately the world that there's a scarcity in primary silver companies and you see that and I think if you look past or over the past five to ten years there's not many primary silver assets that have come to market Terranera is obviously one uh, mag silver gato silver silver crest which funny enough are all in Mexico um, but everybody's always looking to grow um, in the silver space and ultimately we've seen a lot of our peers pick up gold assets to find that growth and I think that's why we're really excited about Terranera and, and Pitaria. And then also we have another asset called Peral that we were advancing uh, that's predominantly silver as well. Um, so we're one of the few with that silver kind of growth profile. But as, as you're looking for those assets, things come uh, to our attention. And for us, we moved into Nevada. It's actually a gold asset, Bruner, but it was an opportunistic purchase. And, the company, our predecessor company that we bought that asset from defined 300,000 ounces of gold and 13 million ounces of silver. So it's predominantly gold, but for the acquisition price and the potential, we think it was an opportunistic purchase and we can turn that $10 million into a significant uh, windfall if everything goes as we, we expect it to go. So that'll take a couple of years and we'll work through that, but we'll see where we end up. Excellent. Well, it sounds like you're going to have your hands full this year, Dan. Yeah, I'll say, I, I think my our staff and our team kind of were looking at all these things have come at once and our last six months kind of been running around a little bit with our heads cut off to try to execute some of these things and some things have come together really well. So we're excited about that. And, but we got a lot of work in front of us. I think our Terranera construction over the next two years will be mainly what we're focused on. I think we've built out our pipeline extremely well. Uh, always continue to look at things that will be accretive for the company, either from a pipeline standpoint or a cash flow standpoint. Um, but yeah, we're excited that the position we're in right now, and hopefully we can deliver over the next two, three years. Well, I wish you the best of luck there, Dan. Endeavor Silver trades on the TSX and the EDR, and on the NICE under EXK. Dan Dixon, CEO, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Paul. Much appreciated.
And that's all from me, Paul Harris. Join us for more from Mining Stock Daily soon. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.